another episode of strut talk podcast listen it's been a minute since we put on an episode but i promise you this episode is worth the wait we are joined by melissa odom she is better known as the fairy godmother of skincare and million dollar melissa melissa is the ceo and founder of the number one largest black owned vegan holistic and wellness spa queendom aesthetics is based in Louisiana, but she has not only one location, but two, two different locations that she's managing, that she's staffing, that's full service, and she's about to give us all of the secrets and drop all of the gems today, so grab your notebook, grab your pen, if you need a drink, grab it now, because we are about to dive into this conversation. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Melissa Odom, and I am a Louisiana leading licensed esthetician and the owner of the number one Black-owned holistic and wellness day spot in the city of New Orleans. Period. Okay, so we're going to split this up into like three different segments, okay? The first one is a single question. We need to know what you're strutting in. Are you strutting in sneakers or are you strutting in heels and why? Oh my goodness, I'm strutting in sneakers because I am yes. <laughs> I am flat foot look. <laughs> yes, sneakers. Yes. <laughs> Would you consider yourself like a sneakerhead? I do consider myself a sneakerhead. Now I haven't always been. So I used to be this hill girl, very conservative when it came out to stepping out. But right now, I think as I got older, my feet just don't, they don't strut like they used to. So I've seen that, you know, the tennis shoe thing has become very popular and it, it's not overrated to wear, okay, girl, you got to have on heels or anything. So I love me a sneaker now. Period. And, you know, sneakers, they're just honestly more comfortable. I've switched over to sneakers as well. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a sneakerhead yet, okay. but I'm, I'm moving more in that direction. I was, I feel like I was in a space where I was still like, but I still need to wear heels. Like women in power wear heels. And now I'm just like, that's what I was raised on. But that's because that's how they were raised. That's how my mother was raised. Right. Now I will gladly throw on some sneakers with my dress and go about my business. I will as well. And I love a suit and a sneaker. It's a look, it's a vibe and that truth is our parents just didn't know that back then but it's okay because we know now <laughs> okay so let's dive let's dive right into the questions um okay. women's history month is closing 
but I know I've seen on social media so many women just being proud of their businesses, the growth of their businesses. Share with us a little bit about your journey and how you got started in business. Um, well, for me, um, I got started from my kitchen. So originally, I was not an esthetician. I would call myself a hood chemist. So I started out uh, formulating products from my kitchen, just generally as a hobby, uh, just something to have for my children and myself at home to bathe in because we had problematic skin. And so ultimately, um, I started making natural soap, which is uh, my number one selling bar. It's called the Original Beauty Bar. And this was the bar that I formulated seven years ago from my kitchen. Well, it's actually been eight years ago since I formulated the product, but initially, like I said, it was only for like home use. And so as I started to transition into being educated more on plants and oils and just becoming a little bit more, um, I guess, understanding of like how like nature really can really heal us and help us, how the sun was really great for our melanin and how shea butter was just like the core to just hydration and moisture from my ancestry. Um, I just really got a little bit more just in depth and understanding what that looked like for me. And then it ultimately ended up transitioning into a business because one of my mm -hmm. homes actually was like, Melissa, you need to start selling your soap. And I'm just like, girl, sell soap. It was just like one of those un told stories like I'm from the hood I'm cooking out of my kitchen so <laughs> this soap for me it was just not it so at least to me at the time and very fairly quickly I became very popular once I started to sell my soap so I initially just started out giving it away as samples and then ultimately started selling the bars for five dollars to people in my community and it just became like one of these driven products that everybody in the city just loved had to have to help heal their skin and so as I transitioned into understanding and really realizing that I had something, I was kind of pushed from my clients, well, customers at the time to become an esthetician. So I researched what an esthetician was, found out how expensive the product, I mean, doing the program would be. And I was just like, I don't think I can do that. But I was encouraged by my community to do it and become an esthetician. And now I've been one for four years. Awesome. So when you got started, you didn't even know what an esthetician was. So I feel like that's something because, huh? I couldn't even pronounce it. Okay. But that's something because a lot of times we think that we have to have experience in this field to even break into it. And you started off with just a passion and then you went the professional route. Would you say that going that route was harder for you than maybe you say for some people that may have started off as an esthetician or did that deepen your passion? Well, actually, I really feel like it definitely deepens my passion because I really had to do a lot of research, a lot of homework from the ground, from the bottom. And it was a huge transition industry-wise for me because mm -hmm. I came from working at AT&T selling cell phones. And prior to that, I was in banking and I was a teller. So I came from a totally different background. So I never saw myself in beauty industry. I never saw myself mm. in skincare ever. It was never a conversation. So it was was just I've definitely it's been challenging just kind of gravitating and growing into who I've become and who I'm becoming but it has been one of the most rewarding things to really transition my entire life into this business because that's my life is my business now and so now you're outside of your home and you have a physical location tell us about how that part got started 
Oh, absolutely. So while I was in esthetician school, I solely just kind of really wanted to work for, um, you know, a spa. I wanted to provide skincare, skincare services. I never wanted to be an esthetician or open up a spa or salon. I ultimately just wanted to work in a spa-like environment. And when I was in school, I would apply for these different, you know, organizations. And it just really didn't meet my aesthetic. I kind of felt like I wanted to work for a Black-owned business. Um, I just kind of wanted to work in something that was more holistic because that's just generally mm -hmm. where I was at the time. And so when I went to applying at different places, I actually was discouraged by um, a spa owner. And she was just like, well, I don't really see a place for you here. And I was a student. So that was very discouraging to me as a student. And um, I was just like, you know what, girl, I'm getting on Craigslist. I'm gonna open up my own stuff. So I got on Craigslist one day and this really was just me just messing around. I really didn't think I was going to get approved for this space that I ultimately ended up getting. So while I was a student, um, I reached out to um, a landlord of this space that I seen, went over to see it, and they told me what the qualifications were. And I really just didn't think I would qualify for it, but however, I was approved. So that was... Mm. Yes. And so that was in 2017. I graduated from esthetician school in May of 2017. And on July 1st of 2017, I opened up my first five location right out of esthetician school. That is awesome. Okay. Thank you. That is awesome. And that's something to celebrate because it's, that's unheard of almost. Yeah. And I hear that all the time. And so one of the biggest things I try to encourage people and also educate um, other estheticians on is that I had basically this popular skincare bar prior to me really launching. So though I jumped out and graduated from school and opened up this spa, I had a popular product that was changing the community. So I mm -hmm. already had pretty much a popularity and I was already trusted in that format. So that's why transitioning, I felt confident in opening up my first location. And it was such a, a huge transition because ultimately there was still a disconnect because I went from selling a $5 bar of soap to saying, hey, you need this $100 facial and my clientele just did not understand it. So starting mm -hmm. out, I truly struggled. I thought it was going to be like an amazing jump off and just be like, yes, I'm popping and I got this going on. But I actually struggled the first couple of months. And so I really had to really create a whole new clientele on the spa service, skincare service side from my $5 bar of soap. And in business, a lot of times we do reach a point where our previous audience doesn't serve um, where we're going so how was that for you in that transition and kind of letting go of okay I know I've always been this for you guys but I also need to be this for this new audience how was that for your mindset in general because I know for me it would be like I want to leave my loyal people behind but sometimes it's not leaving them behind but they have to grow with you Absolutely. so how was that um in switching that mindset for you Okay, so for me mentally, it was very exhausting because I was kind of feeling like I wasn't supported initially. It was just mm. like, hey, well, girl, you started out here. I used to come get soap from you out of your house. And so now you have a business and you're going up on the price. And so it was very exhausting to me. So for a long time, I wouldn't increase my pricing. And I did a lot of stuff for free because I felt obligated. And so mm. 
some point, I, I kind of like bumped my head and I was like, you know what? I shouldn't be struggling in my business. I should not be not being able to pay my bills and I'm offering a quality product and a service to my community who says they support me. And so I really kind of forced it on my clientele and my existing customers like, hey, if you want me, as you've seen, I've invested $13,000 into school. I've invested my last $15,000 to open up this business. I've invested in myself to grow myself for the betterment for you guys. So I've increased my education level for you guys. This is not for me. At that point, I had clear skin. So what I was offering wasn't no longer for myself. I was serving my community. And so I really mm. had forced my community to grow with me. And a lot of people left, but I got a lot of quality people that came aboard. And those of the people that left, they actually ended up coming back because I still had the best product. And I was ultimately offering one of the most amazing services here in New Orleans. Awesome. And so now you don't only have one location, but you've just recently opened your second. Tell us yep. how that came about, because again, unheard of, especially because you started off as what you say, a hood chemist. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we allow our environment to kind of shrink us and not um, allow us to step outside of that or what people see for it. So tell us about the second location. Yes. So my second location is located in Slidell, Louisiana. And ultimately that came about because I all I felt like, and I'm going to be honest with you, I started to compare my growth to other people's growth. And I'm just like, well, they open here. Yeah, absolutely. They're doing this and they're doing that. And so once I kind of kind of came to terms that I didn't need to keep up with other people and how they were growing in their business, I had to solely walk in my journey. Um, I eliminated the mindset of wanting a second location. So last Last year, um, it kind of just kind of weighed on me. I bought my first home year before last in the city where I just opened up my second location. And I was, I've been, you know, constantly asked like, Melissa, will you open up a location out here? And so once again, this was my clientele, my customer base kind of forcing this, 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 tra- you know, this transition for me. And so girl, one day I was just sleeping and I woke up, remember waking up out of a dream and mm. literally this is, how I make the best business decisions of out of a dream. It's something about my dreams. So I went out of my dream and I was dreaming that I had opened up this location and I was in a prominent location and there was just a lot of cars passing and people was like, yes, queen. So I woke up out of that and I literally just kind of like started writing notes, like what I wanted, um, what I wanted this space to look like. And then I got a call from a realtor and said that um, this was actually one of my clients. He said, I found a space that I really feel like you know, would be great for you. Now, keep in mind, I hadn't been calling or looking for a space. This call literally the next day was like, I think that you should come and see this space. And so I went over literally the next day and I went over to that space. Now, keep in mind, I'll tell you another story. Prior to that, um, Hurricane Ida had just hit New Orleans. So I had dealt with a whole transition where I lost a lot of employees. And so it was literally me in a 5,000 square feet building, my first initial location, and only three other employees working in the process and the shipping side of my business. I had no service providers. So for... Mm. It's the come to me to open up this second location was kind of like, I really felt like it was God talking to me. So when he brought me over to the additional space, I seen it and I was like, I want it. And I made a call and I was like, I found this second space. 
I'm, I'm opening it. Now, I don't have no employees, but I don't feel like God is giving me this vision. And I just jumped on it, girl. Literally within a week, I hadn't put my deposit down. I hadn't ordered me a $5,000 sign, started ordering supplies, um, and I opened up that location. So we've been open now um, a month. And I was prolonging it because this happened last year in like October. And so mm. I November, I'm holding on to the building. December, I'm holding on to the building. January, I'm holding on to the building. Just taking my time because I really kind of just got a little nervous. Like, how am I going to manage both of these businesses? Um, I'm already over capacity at my other business, trying to figure it out. Business that started picking up. But I would by God did not give me that vision without it me bringing it to light. And, and and I just opened the location. So we've been open a month now. It's doing really, really well. I'm building up the clientele, but I'm learning a lot about opening a second location. It's really like a brand new business. So mm -hmm. a lot of time and energy is being put into that one. I'm currently at my first location now, but um, I'm grateful still just to be able to have that opportunity to open up another space in such a short period of time. So what lessons, what would you say would be like three business lessons you've learned um, since purchasing that one in October and opening it in February and still having to manage the other one? What would you say would be a couple business lessons for our listeners that may be thinking about expansion and wanting to get another location or even opening one location? Um, well, one business tip for sure I would definitely recommend is being clear as to what you want and how you want it. And generally what that means to me is having it on paper because we have all these different ideas in our heads and we want to go with our move and start here and open this and buy this and do this, but we don't have a clear plan on how do we become profitable in that? And how mm -hmm. many people is that going to take for me to become profitable in that? And so um, I would highly encourage having a business plan on paper and having an understanding and creating processes and systems prior to um, create um, an experience for interviewing so that you can find quality employees prior to even starting construction on that business. You should have 10 to 15, 20, depending on what the capacity of your business is, having that certain amount of people already lined up, ready for employment in your business so that you can get right into it. I don't recommend opening up and then saying, okay, I'm gonna try to do this by myself. Now I'm hiring, creating a hiring um, and onboarding process prior to that is very strategic so that you can have quality people that meet your brand's mission in your business. Mm -hmm. um, Secondly, I would honestly say always just make sure that you have a little cash on hand because that was one of the things I had to be ready for that. Um, that was something that came out and I literally had to put forth thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. And this was something that I really didn't prep for. It came to me, but I was grateful that I had the opportunity and the resources to be ready financially. So I highly mm -hmm. encourage, even if you are starting out, um, understand what that goal would look like financially for you to open up this space or start this business or start this product line, what is that going to cost you? And start saving that and save that three times as much so that you can have enough finances in case you go over budget. Um, and lastly, honestly, I would say really still create a space for your mental health, even with those processes, because even when growing and adding to your business, your mental health is so important. And sometimes we can lose sight of who we are and what we're all about and how to take care of ourselves because we're pouring into this business or, mm -hmm. um, 
people and these investments, we don't take great care of ourselves. So my, um, you know, my final um, recommendation, form of advice to anybody starting out is to make sure that you have a plan for your mental health as well. Whether that's something for the nail shop or a facial or a massage, have that plan so that you can mentally still kind of work on staying stable throughout that process of growing in your business. Awesome. And while we're, while we're talking about mental health, Starting a business, like you said, pulls on that a lot because a lot of times we forget to pour into ourselves. We're pouring so much into our customers. We're pouring so much into our business. What are some of your mental health practices to make sure that you're still caring for yourself and that you're able to still focus on yourself and feed yourself? Oh, for sure. Um, one of the biggest things I love to do is I take minutes to myself throughout the day whether it's a 10 15 minute break I take it I can be in the middle of a conversation if I feel like hey my energy is not quite there I may say excuse me um girl give me a few minutes I'm coming right back I gotta handle something and I'll go do some breathing techniques to really get myself because I know when I start to feel overwhelmed um I'm mm-hmm. really big and big on my self-care so I get massages literally every week because me being an esthetician providing services I pour a lot of my energy into clients into people every single day I need to be poured back into so every single week I get a massage I also have a therapist so I go to therapy every month um sometimes we have our little intervene conversations in the midst if I need it but I make that a priority and it's a part of my investment my mental health budget awesome awesome that is so important I started therapy um actually a year ago around this time and like you said the best investment I have ever made and I've kind of paused on services just because I allow my schedule to get too busy but I'm also noticing like it's getting too busy and your energy is getting off so we need to get back on it and make sure that we're um, putting therapy and our other self-care practices back into motion because work is kind of taking over a little bit. Oh, yes. And nothing is. I, that's one of the biggest things right now. I really advocate. I posted this, posted this on my Instagram page um, where, you know, there's this like this audio going around. Um, when you call me, I'm working. When you text me, I'm working. I'm always working. And I'm like, that's not nothing to be proud about. Like I'm, mm-hmm. always, and I'm always working. That's not what we should be advocating. Even as a new entrepreneur, we are trained and taught to get it out the mud. Millionaires don't sleep. No millionaires sleep. They're, they're they sleep. Millionaires. They sleep. Trust me. That's why they became millionaires because they put other people in place. Now those people may not sleep, but the millionaires are sleeping. So I just really believe that rest is so important. I love me a nap. I take. Listen, I love a nap. That's a part of myself. That is definitely a part of my self-care. I tell people all the time, like I was on the phone yesterday um, with a client and I was like, she was like, what you want to doing after this? And I was like, I'm gonna be very transparent. I'm taking my nap. That's it. Like I need my midday naps between two and four. I tell myself my energy is going down and I need to reboost. Sometimes I'm not getting to that nap until four o'clock. Sometimes it's two 30, but that's when my energy is going down and I need to reboost before I can talk to anybody or anything, especially if it's been a long day, I'm done for it. And like by that time. <laughs> And one of the biggest things also when it comes down to naps is to society that is so unproductive. And no, that's one of the most. That's what we're trying to think. 
that we are so trained to think that if you watch TV or you're resting or you're taking a nap, um, you're not working hard enough. This is why you're not where you want to be because you, you, you napping. No, sweetie, my nap is a part of my mental health journey. I need yes. that. That this is how I replenish myself because I can't pour from an empty cup. So if I'm restless and I don't have the rest or the nutrients that I need to produce the fruit that I need to, then it, it doesn't even, it doesn't suffice. So I'm really big on a nap. I tell everybody, baby, take your nap, take your breather, go sit in your car for 30 minutes, whatever it is, whatever self-care looks like to you. Don't allow society to make you feel like you're not being productive. Productivity is different to every single one of us. It is different. Yes, that's good. And I think that's a good like ending for this segment because self-care, I feel like we're getting, our conversation of self-care is getting more popular, but what I'm seeing is self-care is buying that luxury bag. Self-care is this, and that is a form of self-care and that's good, Mm -hmm. but is that nap too? Is that that closing yourself in a room and putting your phone on do not disturb that's self-care to me like I need to kind of box myself in from the world and the distractions and kind of just woosah absolutely yeah I love that that's really great and we definitely need to understand that luxury is something different for every last one of us I'm saying luxury to me is a nap it's me going to get that ice cream I may have my bag in fact but luxury to me is is that massage I'm able to say girl I get a massage every single week I am luxurious yes that's that I want to get on that level though I need to start getting my massages way more often than I am so I'm gonna start off at once a month but I'm gonna try to work my way up to once a week because that sounds like like you deserve that that, okay so now we're gonna go into our fast five now and originally I was gonna ask you about the next generation of estheticians but I want to know five tips for managing your skincare Ooh, I for the that. everyday woman that may not um have the funds or the time to go to see an esthetician what are five self five skincare tips for us to manage our skin so we can have a glow like yours even though they can't see it, I want them to know that you glow it Yes, um, for sure. So my my top five skincare tips to maintain a beautiful complexion while on a budget or whatever your budget is. Uh, generally, number one is it sounds so cliche, but drinking your water, girl, one of the most expensive, inexpensive things on this earth. Drink your water. It keeps you hydrated. It helps with your skin's collagen production. It helps with your hydration level. And it also helps with your kidneys. Your body can't even flow without water. Um, number two, I would highly recommend facial massages this is something that you can do at home to keep your skin toned and tightened working your face up into gravity and effleurage motions always wash and like massage your face in upward motions um that is a very important tip because this will help to over like definitely keep you youthful um the third thing is i would definitely say monitor some of your habits you know these are things that we can control smoking and drinking can totally diminish our complexion and 
Yes, for sure. That smoke, smoking, going back into your face. We love a hookah right now. That's the new vibe. Right. Um, we're vibing and that hookah and that smoke is going in and deteriorating our epidermis. So we want to limit our smoke, you know, intake uh, for sure, because it can start to cause your collagen to thin, cause you to start getting those craters. Those pores are starting to open in because now you're introducing steam constantly. Um, so that's number three. That's lifestyle. Um, number four, understanding what like your genetic history is kind of talk to your family members and say hey you know did my auntie did my dad have acne did grandma deal with skin issues you know we always have relatives that we are not familiar with um anymore that may have been one of the number one reasons why we have acne or deal with these skin issues so understanding what your genetic history is and that that's just with per conversation with your family members. And number five, the last and final one is really just get your rest. One of the number one reasons a lot of people break out is because of stress introduction mm. into their body, hormonal imbalances, it's because they are not resting, they're not sleeping. So just getting your rest can make all of the difference with those under eyes and with that sagging skin. So number one, we got our water you know, for sure. And lastly, getting your rest, understanding what your genetics are and massaging that face and you will have a beautiful complexion on a budget. Love it. I love it. Okay. And last thing, if you could give one piece of advice um, to any woman, what would it be? Um, So die your own self be true. Say that one more time for us. To die own self be true that is my advice woman on this planet to die on self be true understanding who you are and loving you for who you are I became successful being exactly who I am I didn't have to go I'm from New Orleans so my dialect is a little different the way I articulate my words is a little different and I became successful by solely being who I am and loving who I am so to die on self be true love it and where can we follow you, stay connected with you. Give us your social handles. Oh, absolutely. So you guys can follow me on my business page, which is Queendom Aesthetics. And that is Q-U-E-E-N-D-O-M underscore A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S. And also my mentorship page on Instagram, uh, which is million dollar underscore Melissa, just as we will spell it M-I-L-L-I-O-N-M-E-L-I-S-S-A. So million dollar underscore Melissa is my mentorship page. Um, I give a lot of entrepreneurship tips, self-care tips. Um, all things just feminine energy, just beauty, uh, lifestyle, um, and just kind of keep the everyday woman inspired and motivated. So that's where you guys can find me. Also on Facebook, you can just find me at Melissa Odom or Queendom Aesthetics. And also just to stay connected with me, um, you can text the keyword Skin Queen to 31996 to stay connected with me about mentorship, classes, skincare services, treatments, and training. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this was an amazing conversation and I'm, I just followed you. I'm excited to see what your next location is because I know we ain't stopping at two. That's the no day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yo, 
that was good right that was good that was an amazing conversation thank you so much melissa for joining us for tapping in with strut talk podcast and sharing all of your secrets and all of the things that entrepreneurs need to know um listen y'all take heed to everything that she was saying entrepreneurship is definitely not a catwalk it's definitely not an easy road to go down but just like melissa was able to achieve all of these things and do all of these things simply by believing in herself you can do the same thing and that's really what we want you to get out of this episode that the sky is the limit and that once you put your mind to it that you can achieve it it may not be easy hell it's not going to be easy but it's not impossible okay so i want you to repeat this affirmation after me i can and i will succeed in my business we keeping it simple today let's say it again i can and i will succeed in my business and that's it we're ending it there nothing else to say drops mic I'll catch y'all on the next episode of Strut Talk. Talk with Eve.